the former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Rudy Giuliani Show. I am Dr. Maria covering for the mayor today. Well, I have a very special guest, a retired New York City detective, Angel Masonette. How are you, Angel? Great. How you doing? Well, I'm so appreciative you could come on today. I've been listening to your podcast, and you have a lot of really interesting things to say. Our president, President Biden, said that America, and especially the police force, is systemically racist. I was wondering what your opinion about that is. Well, uh, the first thing I'd like to say is that's obviously not true. Right. Uh, the second, the second thing <laughs> I'd like to say is that um, there are over eight thousand black homicides a year in this country. Uh, police account for point zero. Police account for point zero two percent of those homicides, and the vast majority of those homicides are justified, meaning the police are defending themselves or defending other people from imminent death or danger. Mm. So. Um, to say that the police are systemically racist is an out-and-out lie. Um, just like he says that white supremacy is the largest threat to America, which is also a lie. Yes, uh, and I don't understand why this is happening. I, too, looked at the statistics with what what we might label police brutality or police homicides, and I don't see it. I don't see the racism, and I challenge myself, am I Am I blind? Does it happen? Sure. Are there good and bad in all people? Yes. But is it systemic? No way. And I was wondering what that does to the morale of law enforcement. Well, um, uh, one of my mantras is that no one hates a bad cop more than a good cop. And the reason I say that, right, the reason I say that is because one bad cop will make the entire profession look bad, right? Yes. Um, there's there's no other profession out there that is scrutinized or marginalized like police are. Um, if a doctor kills someone uh, during a botched surgery, you know, every doctor isn't on, uh, you know, demonized by the press and by the president of the United States saying that doctors as a whole have to do better. I mean, you have 850,000 sworn law enforcement officers in this country, which, by the way, those numbers are dwindling because uh, of this, you know, hatred for police and this vitriol. Um, You know, if you take 2% of those 850,000 and say they're bad, while it's a lot of, it's a large number on the grand scope of things, it's a small percentage. So, you know, there are bad people in every walk of life. Yeah, and every time I pull out, pass a police man or woman, especially here in New York, I I make sure I say hello and thank them for what they do, because I just feel like they didn't get the support they needed, especially since the summer of 2020. It was like every police person had a target on their back. How can we, or meaning me, or a regular citizen, change the perception, how can we help, basically? What can be done to increase the morale of our law enforcement, to get people excited about going into the profession? Is there anything we can do? Or is it the people in power need to make the effort? I think it's both. I think people need to stay away from the clickbait, right? I think that's asking a lot but um, in this day and age. But I think people need to stay away from the clickbait. By that, I mean... The minute there's a headline put out there 
uh, demonizing the police with no context. I think people need to do their research. I think they need to be smart. I think they need to understand that when police respond to calls for service or calls for help, they don't stop to ask the dispatcher, the person's sexual orientation, race, religion, uh, 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 creed, or anything of that nature, right? Police respond to calls for help without prejudice. And Amen. people need to understand that. So when, when they go out and they see their police officers as corny as it may sound to some folks, say thank you. You know, say that you appreciate the police. Listen, the police are leaving in droves, right, through attrition right. because of unlawful vaccine mandates. Right. Uh, there's a war on police pushed by uh, leftist politicians. Uh, we have to support our, our, our men and women in law enforcement, and we have to make sure that people want to continue to take the job. Yeah, because I don't know what what will we do. It'll become a ving- vigilante like a place like New York City will become like Gotham. <laughs> we'll need yeah, Batman. Yeah, and it's on its way. Yeah, it's yeah. on its way. <laughs> How do people get your podcast, Angel? So um, uh, the name of my podcast is the Nothing Further Podcast. It's on uh, all sorts of, uh, uh, you know, it's on Amazon, Apple. Um, it's on Spotify, anywhere where you can get podcasts. I'm also on Police Off the Cuff on uh, Mondays on YouTube Live. Uh, at 6 p.m. with Mark DeMeo. Uh, I do a, a bit of a question and answer session with the audience. So, um, yeah, that's how you can get it. And you can follow uh, Police Off the Cuff and Nothing Further podcast on Instagram. Excellent. I'm, I can't wait to see your YouTube live. Thank you very much for joining us, Angel. I really appreciate your perspective. And thank you, thank you for, for your years me. in law enforcement. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was my honor to serve. Thank you. Well, we're going to go to the calls. All these people want to talk today. Let's go to Bob. Hi. Good. Hello, Bob. Oh. Okay. How about Tony? Hi. How are you, Dr. Maria? Good, Tony. How are you doing? Good, thank you. I, I was looking, listening to some to statistics today about how high the COVID is now among the young people. I'm sure you've, you've read it as well. A lot of cases. They're, and it yep. just, it just attributes to all this misinformation we've been given, you know? Um, yeah. COVID is going to continue to plague us. It is a virus um, albeit it started by gain of function in a lab in China, but it is a virus and has those viral characteristics. And we in healthcare think it's going to become endemic because we are past the pandemic stage and we believe it will become endemic, which means every flu season, it'll come around again. It continues to mutate and it's very different now than when it started, but there are a lot of cases. What I want people to do about whether they're making a decision to get the vaccine or not is really talk to their provider and try to get informed consent. Ask about the VAERS data, V-A-E-R-S, is, is volunteer. So we've always said in healthcare that our, our CDC, it's a voluntary reporting system. It's voluntary adverse effect reporting system. So it's under reporting. You know, people might think, Oh yeah, I had this little side effects to a medication. I might not call in or I had this little side effect. So I might not report it. We are mandatory reporters as providers. If there's a death, 
but that's like one of the only things where you mandatorily have to provide. But there's been a minimum of 16,000 deaths with this vaccine. Again, I have a hard time calling it a vaccine because it doesn't act like a vaccine. I call it more of a therapy. And so that's pretty severe. 16,000 deaths. President Ford during the swine flu of, I think it was 1975, there was five deaths stopped that vaccine. And there was a lot of side effects with what's called Guillain-Barre syndrome. It's an ascending, ascending paralytic issue. So you start in your, your legs and go up and become paralyzed. Hopefully you can get over it. We do have treatments for it. But um, that's a lot of deaths, over 16,000. That's a minimum. But there's been so many neurological side effects, strokes, paralysis. Some have been temporary. Some are life-altering. But probably what's got the biggest media attention is the myocarditis in young men. It just seems to hit men 30 and under. A lot of people in their teenage years get acute myocarditis. And if they survive it, they can have uh, lifelong heart issues. But then there's been the sudden deaths that we've seen. Oh, a tennis player just dropped dead or some kid on a football field for his high school dropped dead. And those were all vaccine related. When we do anything with our patients, whether it's give a new medication, a vaccine, we have to talk about risks and benefits. So children, we know... We have enough history now with COVID to know that they will not die from this. Have children died? Yes. But statistically, with as many kids who've gotten COVID, it's near 0% mortality rate with kids. So you have to look at, geez, okay, my kid's going to get through this. Okay, they're going to be uncomfortable for a week, and then they're going to be okay. Versus, I don't know about this shot. I don't know. We have no idea about long-term effects. There's a new oncologist out who's saying he's seeing new different cancers. The problem is here in the United States, for whatever reason, we're not really doing what I call scientific assemblies. We're not really outwardly talking and looking at a lot of these concerns. Most of our research is coming from other countries. And a lot of people want to be very cynical and said it's because people get kickbacks from big pharma, you know, Fauci, I hate to say the name, but Fauci has even gotten some kickbacks, uh, very well documented. I don't know about during COVID, but we know up to 2014, he and other people in his department in with the NIH have received lots of what I call kickbacks. So long story, but we, we, RSV and COVID and influenza are very high this season. Usually we see the big, big spikes with the influenza, you know, December, January, February, but we started early this year. I think I, I'm a big believer in your immune system and you've got to be exposed to things like kids who go out and play in the dirt and get exposed to things. They have very healthy immune systems because your body knows how to fight things. And so I think some of the lockdowns and being pushed away, you know, from playing with other kids during all the COVID, their immune systems are a little weak. But that's my theory. A long, long story there. Oh, look at all these people. How about uh, 
I think Bob is back, or did we try him and couldn't get him? Yes, I'm back. Thank Hi. you very much. I'm sorry, I lost, lost the uh, call there. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm a great admirer of uh, Rudy Giuliani and uh, and you, especially uh, joining him on the show, has been terrific. And um, Thank you. From my own personal experience uh, with COVID, I was an early, uh, unfortunately, an early, I succumbed early to the disease, but a my classmate in medical school was uh, from is Chinese, and he was reading up in the literature. And thanks to uh, my taking hydroxychloroquine ZPAC, it reversed symptoms uh, rapidly and uh, saved my life. So I'm one of many in the medical field who feel very deceived by what has happened during this COVID era. I know. uh, And you think the United States, right, should be leading the way in cutting edge research, talking about these issues in the open. I'm shocked. And I'm part of the healthcare field. And I'm shocked the way that people have been treated. When I look at some of these doctors who have high respect for, you know, Dr. Atlas, Dr. Zelenko, who has since passed away from, from heart disease, but the way they were treated and everything they said is bearing true. Kind of like the Hunter laptop with Rudy Giuliani talking about that. He was called or every name under the book. They try to discredit him and he gets vindicated every other day. But did you have a question, Bob? Uh, well, it, my point uh, that I wanted to make was that whenever you add politics to whether it's science, medicine, uh, or the news, you end up with politics coming out of the other end because it, it's it's like a poison. It's really uh, discredited uh, the medical field when you add the politics to um, to medicine. My point is that I want to make is that this uh, Twitter uh, information that's coming out shows that the public was totally deceived by the media, by the um, news media, the government, and the intelligence uh, resources of this country, given false information a few, 10 days before an election, isn't there some way to nullify, uh, nullification of the election, uh, so that this can be reviewed by the public, maybe have a plebiscite to see if, if uh, uh, whether a new election can be done, should be done. I, I don't think so. And I've actually talked with Mayor Giuliani about this very subject. The more information comes out. And he said, once it's certified, it's certified. That's why Pennsylvania and four other states, when they originally certified their states, and then Rudy, you know, standing up for a lot of he challenged challenged it went to those state legislators because they weren't they didn't even know that under the constitution they have the sole responsibility for the elections so once they saw the evidence they wrote vice president pence a note saying we certified an error basically give us 10 days please send it back let us look into this a little further and president uh, Vice President Pence didn't think he had the authority where a lot of scholars believe he did. But I, um, I've asked this to Rudy and he believes that once it's certified there, you know, we just have to live with it and hopefully we improve voter integrity. But we got to take a break and stay with us for Rudy's final word. Rudy Giuliani. Former Mayor Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.